Greetings. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Masculine Militia. My name is Antonio Alicina. In this, is, in this episode, I again, I'm going, going to go into the introduction of Masculine Militia. That's something that I was going to do on the first episode. But instead of going into it on the first episode, I actually went into the uproar now surrounding Mr. David Chappelle and his last stand-up, The Closer, on Netflix. There were, the issues basically um, had to do with his jokes and basic commentary and criticism of the LGBTQ community. Mr. Chappelle has found himself again in, um, in what I guess the proverbial hot water. So I went into that some and I, I, I like to recap it a little bit and then get into the introduction of Masculine Militia. Talk about what Masculine Militia is about. Talk about what we intend to feed the people um, who listen to us. Um, and But right now, I like to do a little recap. And so what happened is, and I'm sure many people know it by now, Mr. Chappelle on his stand-up, he actually has some criticism for the LGBT community more so than individuals, although he did reference um, one particular individual that he said was his friend that passed away who was a trans person. And, um, but the LGBTQ community um, actually, you know, as a community and those that represent them as a community found issues with what Mr. Dave Chappelle had to say about them. And my commentary about that in the first episode had to do with the fact that people who criticize or disagree with groups like the LGBTQ community usually find themselves in hot water. There is no criticism that you can levy against the LGBTQ community without that criticism being looked at as hate speech. The central motivation for disagreeing with them or critiquing them as they have made it seem is hate. That becomes a central motivation from their perspective. And since hate is something that has been uh, taken and, and, and used as a label and then weaponized against those who supposedly possess it against any group, that person or that group is now called for to be ostracized. And today we call it canceling. And I talked about how the only way you can cancel someone, the only way that you can cancel someone, those who have the power not only to cancel, but in order to have that power, they have to have the power to be able to put that person out there in the public sphere in the first place. So anybody who says something that, that, that uh, critiques the LGBT community as well as disagree with them. I mean, disagree with their behavior. There is, you can't disagree with their behavior because what has happened is there, there is this, this philosophy of, 
or um, this trope or this thing that people now have grabbed onto that basically wants to make sure that whatever behavior that they have or whatever they do is beyond reproach. And that is to utter the words, this is my truth, or I'm living in my truth. Live in your truth. So now that is to say you above reproach because your truth, you have the right to live in your truth. This is what is, is, is being said because truth is paramount. If I if a person is living in their truth, if this is my truth, quote unquote, my truth, then for people to say that this is to say that anyone who has anything against or disagrees with that person living in their quote unquote truth, then they are automatically incorrect because there is nothing greater than truth. You go down from there. Truth is the highest. You go down from there. Nothing is above truth. So if a person says I'm living in my truth, then that person is then saying whatever you have to say about what I'm living in is automatically incorrect. So having that kind of um, thought, belief that truth is now a subjective thing, that I possess it and when I possess it, there's nothing that you can say against me. Because I possess truth. I'm living in my truth. So anybody that comes and disagrees with what I'm living in, their disagreement is automatically incorrect because they can't be true. This is what basically the foundation of this particular mindset is. If you're a trans person, a homosexual or anything like that, they, the, 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 it has been shaped in our society that people who are like that are now encouraged to live in their truth. To be whomever they have now decided they should be. Because for, for so long in this society, or at least... In the recent um, in the recent hundred years or so, homosexuality and living that type of life wasn't necessarily publicly accepted. So many people hid their homosexuality. Although throughout America, throughout the world, there have been these uh, enclaves of societies living in secret with much of what they um, do is based in the homosexual behavior. Man, um, excuse me, man-boy clubs, man-man, um, boy-boy. It was mostly the males who had control of that. Women were mainly brought into that group even though there were people who were who uh, uh women who lived secret lives liking and loving each other also as they call it loving that was happening but women didn't females didn't run the society so if they were going to be 
women loving women, sex women, a woman having sex with another woman, that had to be at the pleasure of males in order to be accepted. Not in and of itself, by itself, was it accepted nearly as much by the by men. So we've had it in our society. There's been this hiding of it, particularly, like I said, in the last hundred years. And then when there's been this coming out, they call it. People finding their voice, they call it. To live this life, the encouragement and the protections provided to these people come from the very top. Come from the very top. And when I mean very, very top in this uh, context, I'm talking about the government, people in, um, in power and rulership, because a lot of those people were already hiding and still hiding the fact that they themselves are in homosexual relationships or have uh, behavior where they have sex with uh, the same sex, things of that nature, a lot of them are still hiding. So many of them covertly have supported Homosexuality, LGTB, LGBTQ community have they've 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 always supported it in one way or another. Even some of those who spoke out against it publicly, they would speak out against it publicly. But they themselves, even though they're speaking out against it publicly, many of them were practicing homosexuality as they spoke out against it in public. So when we look at how um, this community, LGBT community, is behaving, they have been given juice. They have been given juice, yet they are considered a marginalized group. How? How is the LGBT community a marginalized group? Marginalized group. Some, even some black people, have placed this group in the same oppressed class as black people. Think about that. The same oppressed class as black people. How? I mean, let's look at it. Black people in America, around the world, oppressed destroyed, murdered, raped, colonialized. This is what's happened and more. Many of our 
ancestors came here from Africa to be made slaves. Many of us were already on American soil. Some called us Indians. But we were already here, many of us. But then there were those that were brought here also. And the systematic destruction of us began to take place at least 300 years before the transatlantic slave trade. So in America, I, like many of us in America, black people, our first language is English. English is our first language. Why? Because we were brought here or we were captured while we were here and our language had been systematically through, through torture and other means stripped from us. So now most of us have no idea. The average black person has no idea what their original language was. None. The average black person has no idea who their great, great, great grandfather was or grand, great, great, great grandmother was. Some of us have no idea who our great, great grandmothers and fathers are. If you go past America and the records that they kept or keep because they had slaves and they kept records of the births to some degree, you can get an idea, but you have to really, really go look, hire somebody. It's, it costs money, but the average person doesn't know. Then when you get past America to find out where that person or where I come from, let's say I, let's say we were in Africa. My people are from Africa. Have no idea. I don't know. And the average person doesn't either. So we have no memory of where we're from, where we come from, who we are. There is no connection to our original thinking process, culture, who we were. How do we behave? What we did before coming here. Wiped our memories. Stripped of our, of our language. Have no idea of the culture. Our life in, in, outside of this place. We have no idea. The average person doesn't. So black people in America don't know the original language, don't know their language, don't know what language they spoke, so we speak the language of the oppressor, the colonizer, the destroyer. Destroyed our ability to speak the language that we speak and gave us his language. Wiped out 
the memory of who we were and replaced it with the hate that they had for us as a memory of us. And so that contributes heavily to our how, how we look at ourselves. So the LGBTQ community is in that class. They're in the class with a people who have been killed, murdered, raped systematically. Not not just as a matter of social um processes people in society just doing it no there that has been government sanctioned laws have been on the books and some still are and the ones that are on the books now that don't say outright that you could kill or murder a person because they're black you can kill a black man it may not be on the books. Some of them aren't on the books just outright. But the process of justice for those who are murdered, raped, deprived, oppressed is such a process to where justice is denied. But we get lip service. Is the LGBT community um that's what they get? No. Because the power that they have now is a witness to the fact that they're not oppressed. They have the power. Listen. Um, Mr. Hart, the comedian, he wanted to host the Oscars. Right? And he made some, uh, did a tweet, I believe, years prior. Years prior. And that tweet was brought up years later and the LGBTQ community said, uh-uh. He said something remotely critiquing, disagreeing, made a joke about the LBGT community. So they had the power to have Kevin Hart removed from hosting the Oscars. They had the power to do that. They've had the power recently, the baby. He said something where he put in a sentence, AIDS and oral sex at a concert. He was being glib. He couldn't even utter those words because you know what? The LBGTQ community says, uh-uh. 
Mr. DeBaby started being ostracized from being able to be in festivals, do concerts, promote, people just, no, nah, we're not going to deal with, no, 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 because of the comments that he made, blah, blah, blah. That's what, that's what they can do. So if they can do that, they can stop this man, Kevin Hart, who has made millions of dollars, who has some power in that particular context, in that particular field in terms of having money and influence. They, can have, they got more influence than he does because he couldn't stop them from coming against him for what he did, said or supposedly um, said concerning the LBGTQ community years prior. They went and dug up something from years prior. <laughs> like I'm the same person I was 15 years ago. I'm, I'm, in some cases, in some ways I am, but in others I'm not. But they went back, got his old tweet, used that to influence. They used their influence to get him removed from hosting the Oscars. They used their influence to have the baby not be welcomed to perform at any venues, in festivals. Here's a guy that has talked about drugs, murder, and all these things. And I'm not castigating him specifically for those things right now. What I am doing is I'm pointing out that those things are things that are negative. They, they, they're harmful. You can say the word nigger much as you want you can talk about killing someone as much as you want as long as it's another black person because if the when Ice-T made a record a while ago way years ago called I think it was called Cop Killer oh no 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 they took that off the shelves can't say that can't talk about no killing no cops no, 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 no. Because they understand what that will do to the population. Just like they understand saying about killing other black men and killing other people, using drugs, all of those things. They know what that does to the people too. But they're okay with that. They're not okay if it's talking about, because trust me, if one of these, if one of these or two of these or three of these rappers start talking about killing white people, it would be off. They would cut them off. But you can, but they can talk about killing black people all they want. But you can't say anything against the LBGTQ community. Not even remotely criticizing, criticizing them. Can't do it. Can't do it. Don't say anything to criticize 
the LBGTQ community. Don't even disagree with them. Don't even disagree. Because if you do, you're going to get some, you're going you're gonna to have some problems. So Dave Chappelle, again, as well as a few other celebrities, but we're just going to focus on, and other people, we're just going to focus on um, Dave Chappelle right now. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting backlash. Because the narrative is that the LGBT community is under assault. They're under assault. Those who represent organizations that take up for them, they give the narrative that trans people are being slaughtered in the streets for being trans. That's the narrative they give. Trans people, let me tell you something. If you are a gay person, I don't think you should be denied for it to have a job because you're gay. I don't think you should be denied to have a job because you're trans or lesbian or queer. I don't think you should be treated inhumanely because you're any of those things. You should have human treatment, human rights. Yes. Now, if you as a trans gay person, LGBTQ person, if you do something according to your behavior, the behavior that comes out of being who you are, or any behavior, actually, that is contrary to I'll say, right human order. Then you can be, your issues can be pointed out. Look, man, you're doing this and that's not right. You, you are not above criticism. You are not above reproach. You're not above reproach. But they make it seem as if, yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. Why? Because of them living in their truth. Because truth is the highest order. So because of that, it's like, oh, no, you're you beyond reproach, sir, ma'am. But you're not. You can be criticized. You're not, you're not right all the time. You're not correct all the time. People can disagree with your behavior, but we have people who are not LGBTQ, who, who, who defend them, who are allies of them, and they don't even want to hear a disagreement. Somebody hear what I'm talking about right now? As far as they're concerned, this is transphobic. Just un, just taking back the layers of the issue. 
and examining them and having commentary about them. Transphobic, homophobic. This is crazy. Using, <laughs> using the basic belief that doing any of that, that disagreeing, that may having commentary, that critiquing, the basic and central motivation for doing so, they want us to believe that that basic and central motivation is hate. And that's just not true. I go, I've gone sometimes to a restaurant and I didn't like the food. Now, I generally have a policy of sending food back to the kitchen. Depending on where I am. But most times, I don't like to do that. Because I'm from a school of thought that the people in the kitchen now might not like the fact that I did that. And they may put some of my food or something. Or their energy even. They put the energy in preparing what they're preparing for me now to say, you know what? Uh, it comes back. It's messed up. It's messed up. You know. So I don't like taking my food or putting my food back in the, you know, taking it, sending it back to the kitchen. I could be eating something and I can be like, man, these potatoes are fantastic, but this spinach is horrible. And when I tell them that, I've critiqued food that I'm ingesting, that I, I don't like the taste of it. Does that mean I hate the cook? Does, does that mean I hate the waiter? I might give the food to the person I'm with and be like, taste this. And they'd be like, oh, I love it. And I'd be like, oh, I can't stand it. Am I, am I, do I hate the person that likes it? Because I don't. I disagree with them that this food tastes good. So now, does that mean because I disagree with them, that I hate them, that I don't like them anymore? We could even probably go into why it doesn't taste good to me. Well, you know what? I think I like a little bit more paprika on my stuff. That may change the chemistry of it to make it taste good. That person may be like, you know what? Yeah, but to me, it tastes just right like it is. I mean, if it had a little bit more salt, that would be good, but it's good like it is. But that doesn't mean I, I don't like them anymore. Or that I hate the cook. 
or that I hate the waiter. I just don't agree that the food they sent me out here was tasty. So if we have a disagreement with the LGBTQ community, does that mean I hate them? If I disagree with their behavior, if I critique not just their behavior, but the use of the influence and power that they have amassed, does that mean I hate them? See, there is a, um, an idea in the world, particularly in this day and time, that basically people believe on some level, generally speaking, in our society, it's, it's a growing thing, that if you disagree with someone, that somehow you have to dislike them or hate them. That hate has to be the motivation. And it's just not true. But what has happened is the LBGTQ community has used and weaponized the idea of hate for them to bring reprisals against people. And they are empowered by the powers that be. Powers that be. They're empowered by the government with laws. One of which is the Civil Rights Bill, which Lyndon Baines Johnson decided he wouldn't, he was not going to sign it if it just was for black people. They had to insert the words sexual orientation and national origin in the bill. I think gender too. In the bill, it watered down what black people would be able to get in the civil rights bill as far as anti-discrimination. That is that has been used, though, by groups in particularly the LGBT community. As the laws that protect them. And the politicians and um, titans of industry, industry being the media in Hollywood. Many of them being homosexuals themselves. They have a um, they have an investment in self-preservation. So they, the government, times of industry or mainly the Hollywood and media, social media news, what they've done is they, help protect them and propagate the behavior and legitimize the behavior. That's what they do. Okay. You do that. And what you, when you do it, 
You do it at the expense of people who don't agree with you because what happens is you have to snuff out any dissension, any disagreement, any criticism because you're living in your truth and there's nothing greater than truth. And because there's nothing greater than truth and you're living in it, that means everything, everyone that comes against or disagrees or critiques it, they are wrong. They are incorrect. So the label that is attached to people who critique and uh, criticize and um, disagree with you is hate. And hate has no place among us. So you ostracize or cancel people. At the insistence of groups that represent people in the society who are lesbian, gay, uh, trans, queer, you go against, you say, oh no, we can't, no. Snuff them out. Take their livelihood away. You can't disagree. I mean, this is a dystopia, or we headed to one. <laughs> you cannot disagree. This actually is something that happens across many areas of our society, but we're just talking about this one right now. So the narrative that this community, LBGTQ community, gives is that basically they're under attack, that it really is costing lives. Trans people are being killed because they're trans. Gay people are being killed because they're gay. That's what they're saying. They're being killed because they're gay, because they're trans. Would it interest you to know that, well, first of all, that's the narrative. The trans people are under assault and being slaughtered in the streets. Would it interest you to know that according to the Human Rights Watch, 28, 28, 20 plus 8, trans or none gender conforming people have been killed in America in 2021. This is October 2021. As of October 2021, 28. Look, man, one life killed because this is how you live or this is who you are. This is what you look like. That's wrong. That's wrong. However, to say or to give the narrative that these people are being killed outright, slaughtered in the streets by the hundreds or something, that's the narrative. That's the picture they want people to have. Yet, the actual number is 28. As of right now, 
It could go up to 30 tomorrow. It may go up to 50. All of that is tragic. Again, we're talking about the narrative and we're talking about the facts. So don't move the goalposts and say, well, 28 people is bad. Yeah, it is. But they ain't, that's not the goalpost that you have when you have the narrative that says, no, people are being killed wholesale. Tragic deaths, yes. But the narrative is that basically trans people, gay people, non-gender conforming people under attack. They're no more under attack, in fact, less of being under attack than black men being killed by the police in the United States unarmed for nothing. Hmm? Oh, okay. In the world, the tracking of the uh, Human Rights Commission, I think it's Human Rights Watch Commission, you can look it up yourself. In the world, 350 trans people worldwide. In 2021, as of October 2021, have been killed. And it's thought, I believe, that they were killed because they were trans. That's tragic. No one should be killed because they are gay or trans or lesbian or queer or any of that. Shouldn't happen. But the narrative is that there are hundreds of thousands of queer people, trans people who are being killed because they are trans or gay or non-gender non-conforming. That is the narrative. That is the picture that is given to people in our society so that we can now be like, no, something has to be done. And anybody saying something against them I mean, it would incite others. Well, first of all, if that's the case, then let's go across the board with that kind of language, that kind of idea. If saying something against the LBG, the LGBT community that is criticizing them or disagreeing with them or joking about them, if does that if that incites people to hurt them? then we need to take a look at other things. Do we not? And really give as much energy to those things as we give to the LGBTQ community when they have an issue. 350 trans and gender non-conforming people worldwide. 28 in the United States as of October 2021. Killed, it has been determined by them, by the Human Rights Watch, that they were killed because they were of their lifestyle, the life they were living, being trans. That's what it is. Yet, yet, how many of those people were killed in domestic Violent situations. You didn't break that down. Huh? 
Well, but we do have numbers that show that domestic violence among the LGBT community is greater, higher than the average norm, than the average, than the norm. There's, there's trans on trans, gay on trans, trans on gay. Murder. Yeah. You got gay people who don't, they don't even like trans people, a lot of them. They war with themselves. Except when they have to come together, of course, to, you know, influence, get some influence and have some power. I mean, of course. Black women, four black women or girls are murdered a day in America. 28 trans people total in 2021. Four black women, girls murdered a day. 75,000 black women missing. Missing. Gone, kidnapped. Who cares for them? The LGBT community ain't coming out talking about them. They're not using their influence if they're a so-called marginalized community. They're not using the influence of the marginalized, which they have influence in this so-called marginalized, as a marginalized group, supposedly. They're not putting focus on issues of black women missing black women for women girls a day black women being murdered they're not focused on that they're focused on their own power on their own influence on their own they don't look out for others except lip service That's what happens. That's what happens. Come on. Now. Seventy-five thousand black women gone, missed, missing. Four a day, every day, killed, murdered, black women, girls. Somebody say something about that. Did anybody say something about that? From the LGBT community side. I don't see them coming out using their influence. I ain't talking about some lip service or, you know, you marching with somebody. Some of that happens. Some of it. Sometimes. What's that? Because guess what? I see that if you want something to happen, you know how to get it to happen. Kevin Hart, he's a witness to that. Dave Chappelle is too. And others. Look at the baby. He know if the LGBT community wants to have something happen, guess what? They can make it happen. But I don't see him doing nothing when it comes to these 75,000 missing black women 
And these four black women per day that are murdered since, you know, you're supposed to be uh, allied, ally and margin, uh, you know, marginalized oppressed group, you know, that's equal in the same class as black people. I don't see you, I don't see that. That's a longer recap <laughs> than I originally wanted to give. Masculine Militia, this show, is about the propagation of masculinity. Okay? And I mean, masculine. I mean, masculine militia. Militia. Well, masculine militia is mostly a prince. It's a principle. Because I'm not suggesting a militia of us get together, go out with arms to somehow show we masculine. I don't know. It's a principle. Okay. I want to give the picture of a minority group that share in the knowledge, understanding, belief, and idea of masculinity as the supreme attribute of a man, for a man, rather. The supreme attribute for a man is masculinity. And there will be, there's a, I say a minority group of us because the idea, knowledge, understanding, and belief of masculinity is waning because those in power in the media, Hollywood, news media, social media, have propagated the idea that masculinity is somehow not good. In fact, there's this thing they call toxic masculinity, which there is no such thing. First, because people usually don't know what masculinity is. They just attribute masculinity to a male when he is uh, doing something that if he were not a male, he may not be able to do. And they just call it masculinity. That's not masculine. Masculinity is the fuel. It's the power that powers a male in the execution of his function. The greater the masculinity, the greater the desire and power that a male will have to execute his function. Function being the foundational three, protect, produce, and provide. The greater the masculinity, the greater the desire for that male to execute his desire and grow a desire, have a desire to protect. If he has low masculinity, he doesn't have much of a... Um, 
of much of a, a desire to protect. But if his masculinity is high, the higher it is, the more desirous he is of protecting, producing, and providing. That's masculinity. Masculinity is the energy that is produced by the male. And because some people that I know personally and others I've heard, they believe that masculinity and femininity reside in the male as well as femininity and masculinity resides in the female. And that's, I, I don't agree. I don't have a feminine side. No. If the idea is that the female has femininity and masculinity in her and the male has the same in him, that idea is, comes about because of what I think is a misunderstanding of male-female. The male and female are two parts of one whole. Two parts of one whole. The whole is us together with two parts that come together. We come together, and we'll get into all of that in another time, but the male and female are one but two halves that make the one. So I am the masculine side and you are the feminine side as the female. You're my feminine side because we're two halves of one whole. The one whole, my half is masculine. Your half is feminine. You are my feminine side. And if anything, you, I am your masculine side. But you don't have it in and of itself inside of you. No. No. We'll get into what femininity is later. So masculinity is a supreme attribute for a man. I'm a part of that, this militia, all right? Um, there's no leader, they're only servants. There's no leader. I don't really like the word leader. Um, I like the word servant. So sometimes I see people now using them together, servant leader, you know, and I understand. Because sometimes I might use it interchangeably because it be, it's convenient in terms of, you know, the language that we use. But most times I would definitely be saying and using the term servant. Only our adherence to the principles of masculinity produce in, in this militia produce the generals, the captains, lieutenants and so forth. How much do we adhere to these principles, to the principle of masculinity? How? We're all disseminators of this knowledge, understanding, belief, and idea of masculinity. It's not just one person. It's not just me. I'm a servant. 
we all as servants may have different duties. Doesn't make mine any greater than someone else's. That's like the heart and the kidneys saying, you know, or the liver, the heart and the liver being like, you know what? Liver, I'm more, I'm, I'm better. I'm needed more. And the liver say, no, I'm needed more. Well, I tell you what, don't worry about it. I'll just leave. And how many of us will do without a liver? Oh, you keep the liver and how many of us will do without a heart? It's not about one being better or greater than the other. We're all servants. We just have different functions and different purposes. As individuals, or what we are called individuals, we have different duties. We'll gain some servants. There'll be people who will come to our call and become a part of this militia. But then there will be others who won't, and that's fine. We're not against you. I would like to be more for than against anything. Some will come and be a part of this militia. There will be some who will come and they will remain, and there will be others who will come and they will not remain. It won't always be easy. The sound of my voice right now may not be heard by very many people right now. But I intend, with the help of the source, to have that change into many, 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 many people hearing this voice. Not because of my voice. It can be any voice that propagates pushes the knowledge, the understanding, the belief in the idea of masculinity. We'll get into femininity in, on the next episode. We'll talk about femininity, what it is. But we're going to also talk more about masculinity. That'll be coming up in episode three of Masculine Militia. I'd like to thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And um, bear with us. We intend to bring a lot to this conversation and God willing, source willing the world. Thank you. Yeah, have a nice day.